Oh, what a day! What a lovely day! <laughs> Welcome to the Mad Max Minute Podcast, the daily podcast where we break down Mad Max one minute at a time. I'm Rick. And I'm Julia. And today we're talking about Minute 72, which begins with May arriving with a shotgun, and it ends with Jesse getting into a van with Sprague. So we pick up today where we left off yesterday with Toe Cutter kind of stroking his face, and he says very sternly, don't change the subject. And we said that this is definitely in reference to... Jesse wanting to know exactly why they're there and, you know, cut the crap about you wanting the hand back because that's so such an absurd request. Yes. He's not done playing. Yeah. He wants to continue messing with her. Yes. Which we see in a moment he's still in a playful mood mm-hmm. because right about now, May comes out of nowhere oh, with a yeah. shotgun and she just swoops in and takes control of the oh, situation. Yeah. She swoops in and she's like, hold it right there and she is just charging in like the cavalry and speaking of cavalry uh fun incidental thing uh so ming na wen the voice of mulan um who i gotta say she's 53 years old and she looks amazing oh like yeah yeah you watch her on that tv show you would not like it surprised me when i saw how old she was anyway so her character in Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is Melinda May, and her character's nickname is the Cavalry. So, you know, May coming in like the Cavalry, and then you get this show with May, and yes. it's called the Cavalry. It's an excuse to bring up Ming-Na Wen. How, yes. can, how can I not? You take every take every opportunity to talk yeah. about Ming-Na Wen. Because she is awesome. Yeah, she is. So, getting back to the actual movie. <laughs> May arrives with this double-barreled shotgun. And Internet Movie Firearms Database states that this is most likely a 12-gauge Charles Parker 1878 side-by-side shotgun. Now, I'm going to venture a guess that this isn't actually like a 100-year-old made in 1878. I think it's just That the was style. my question. I mean... Like, did they use an antique gun? May Swayze is old, but she's not that old. <laughs> I don't know. In this society, I feel like you use what you have. Yeah. And in an old farmhouse... It could just be an old gun that sat over the mantle for however long, and now she found reason to pull it down off the shelf. Yeah. Realistically, there's probably a lot of stuff that's over 100 years old in Mm. that farmhouse. Very true. Especially in, like, the storage rooms and the barn and, yeah. Yeah. Tomorrow, I have a sneaking suspicion that the doors that are on those sheds are also 100 years old because they are very disappointing. Oh, I don't know. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Plenty of time for that later. So May arrives and she's pointing her shotgun at the group. And I don't even know how to adequate. I'm at a loss for words. Yes, I was going to say there are no words. For Toe Cutter's reaction. It's just so comical. There are some things in this world that you cannot describe in order to convey their essence to someone who cannot directly see it. You should make a GIF. Can you make a GIF of this moment and post it up on Beyond Microphone? Oh, I might just 
take the take the minute. I might just take the video that we watch as reference and just post and that just post straight it. to the discussion page. People absolutely need to see Toe Cutter and what he does here. Oh my gosh. He is so over the top. Like, I straight up wrote in my notes, and the AFI award for best actor goes to. Because this overreaction is, um, it's funny, it's precious, it's so true to the character. He just screams, and he puts his hand up to his mouth, and his hair is crazy. He says, oh, I hate guns. It's just (laughs) so over the top. Yes. Like, I... I, like I said, I'm at a loss for words to adequately describe how amazing this reaction is. And to immediately contrast this comical moment, you have Bubba, who walks towards May and goes, old woman. Yeah. In his (laughs) ominous voice. Yeah. He's so boring by comparison. (laughs) He is. Even when he has a gun pointed at him, he's just kind of walking towards May with his arms down at his side. Yeah, I mean... Giving her like a little bit of a I know plan. on paper he's boring, but I find him anything but boring. Espe- even in this moment when he's being compared to Toe Cutter and his exuberance. Mm. I gotta say. I, I, I should... feel like Bubba's performance is very, it's very subtle and quiet and nuanced, but there's something about it still. I should definitely clarify. I don't find him boring. I find like if you all you ever see is how his body moves. Yes. There's not I've, much to it. Yes. But On I feel paper, like he is boring. The actor's portrayal of the character is what elevates it. Absolutely. And makes it more than just someone who kind of walks around with their arms at the side all the time. Yes. Uh, in this in this moment, we also get another shot of Mudguts up on the side of the wall. Oh, and he has he changed is, position. He is splayed out. Yes, it's quite spectacular. Yeah, he's kind of sitting in the middle of the windowsill with his feet crossed, and then he's kind of got his hands up in each corner of the window. Just Cristo Redempto up there. Yep. <laughs> just <laughs> so like like an angel. Mm. But so Bubba takes another swing at May. Yeah, he verbally just keeps advancing. He calls her on woman. Her. Okay, which I love. Okay, so he only says two things to May. He says "old lady" and he says "woman." And I feel like if he had just gotten a chance to get, like, another woman, woman, <laughs> it would have been, like, one of those SNL sketches with Gilly. Be like, yes, Gilly. Gilly. And then Megan would be like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I love it because when I am particularly frustrated with my mother, I call her woman. <laughs> Which is enormously disrespectful. Um she loves it. She knows it. You're all adults now. Yeah. The conventions that you had to follow as children are out the window at this point. Mm-hmm. So, getting back to May. So, she's got Bubba, who's walking closer to her, and he's not stepping back. And so, she screams at him, stay back. And she closes her eyes closes and her squeezes eyes. the trigger and just blasts the shotgun across the yard. And... She ends up hitting a barrel, but all of the gang members scatter. Yes. Okay, quick question about the shot. Mm-hmm. There's, in a few in a few more frames, a few seconds down the way, we get a look at the barrel that was storing water. Um, and the hole is ginormous. Oh, yeah. I, so I know you can put different kinds of... I'm going to sound so stupid here. 
I just don't, I don't know guns and ammunition and stuff. So you can put like, it's birdshot, right? Where it's lots of little pieces. Yep. But that's not birdshot. No. That's buckshot? Yep. Bugshot. Rewind. Yeah. Buckshot is pretty much larger pellets. Okay. That's how you get like the big holes. Yeah. And stuff. Because birdshot is pretty much you're knocking a bird out of the sky. And right. then the dog goes and kind of snaps its neck. And then buckshot is bigger pellets because it's meant to penetrate right. and disable. And then you've got slugs, which are just giant chunks of lead. Okay. So what do you think that was? Oh, that was definitely buckshot. Okay. With how large the eventual hole is. And yeah. the fact that it does have a little bit of peppering around the side. I think that's 100% buckshot. Okay. 100%. So, yeah, it's a pretty great scene where they all scatter. Mm-hmm. Toe Cutter especially looks particularly surprised. Oh, yeah. That she actually shot the gun. Like, the look on his face is kind of like, like a... He's kind of dumbfounded. Like, yes. he can't believe that she actually had the guts to pull the trigger. Yes. And, like, Toe Cutter kind of sidesteps. Johnny just goes flat on the ground. Yeah, well, like that's Johnny for you. Little spineless pilot slime. I don't like Johnny anymore, in case anyone was wondering. No. <laughs> As if I ever did like him. <laughs> I'm, I'm. It's hard to remember if there was ever a time that he was compelling in any way that wasn't gross. Yeah. I think I've always been... He's no been, Bubba. I think I've always been Team Bubba. Like, yeah. if you have to choose a, a flunky from Toe Cutter's Inner Circle, oh, I think Bubba I've always been way. Team Bubba. For sure. So, yeah. I might actually want to hang out with Bubba. Like, bring him along to a game night. And he'll just he'll just sit to the side and observe, but then every once in a while he'll say something and it will be fantastic. Oh, he's just he is the master at throwing shade. Yes. Like you would almost want to bring him to a dinner party where someone you don't like is there, and then you kinda of like point them out to him and be yes. like, That's Deborah. She is just awful. And then he could be like, Mm-hmm. Like he wouldn't even respond. He would just sit down at the table and just <laughs> be like glaring at her and then she would say something about like the color of someone's house and he would say something that is like cutting and amazing and it would be one of those moments where like someone's holding a dessert fork and they would like drop it it would clatter (laughs) against the table and you'd be sitting there like yeah (laughs) oh it is a pity we don't get more of Bubba in this scene yeah oh we're where even were we? So, like I said, everybody scatters, and uh, we yes, cut Max. to Max and Benno out in the woods. And Max turns because he hears the sound of the shot, and he kind of turns, walks a little bit towards the camera, and then you know starts making his way back. Mm-hmm. And I have to wonder how far out he is because Jesse was literally just running around the yard screaming Sprague's name. How far away was he that he couldn't hear that, but he hears the shot clear as day? Well, one, I think that field that we see in between the woods and the house is big. Yeah. It takes a lot of time for people to cross that. Mm -hmm. Second of all, the difference between somebody calling out a name and a shotgun shot vastly different yeah that shotgun sound would have carried a lot more than her voice yeah explosions do have a way of doing that don't they yes but i just has he realized yet i how dumb of an idea going into the woods was i think my issues with this moment will resolve your issues with this moment which will resolve my issues with this moment okay we're gonna ouroboros this 
my issues with this moment, why doesn't he take off running? Right. Yeah, because he, he doesn't... He... Uh, he doesn't show a lot of I don't want to say that he hesitates, but he doesn't take off running. Yeah, he takes like two steps and then we cut back He's to like the farmhouse. He's thinking about it. So what maybe is happening is that he is having that realization. He is debating in his head, do I go back to where I have evidence, i.e. the shotgun sound of danger, or do I keep going forward where... I have information that people are. Yeah. He's got two two pieces of information and that's all he has. He doesn't have anything else. He doesn't have a lot of context for what's going on. He just has these two pieces of information that is there is danger in both places. And he takes those two seconds of not running to make the decision to go back. So he's getting the realization that he should not have run into the woods. I think so. Yeah. Because he really should not have gone into the woods. No. Into the woods. I was going to say, it's, he's lucky he didn't break into song. <laughs> oh, that would be agony. Mm-hmm. Has uh, Mel Gibson what? ever done a musical? You know what? That is Googleable. Let's look it up. Well, there is a singer named Mel Gibson, but it's not... Definitely not him. Nope. Yeah, I don't think Mel Gibson has ever done a musical. Okay. Okay, listeners, if Mel Gibson has ever performed in a musical... Please let us know about it. I am very interested to find out. Because if he has sung or danced or done anything like that, you better believe we want to watch it. Yes. For sure. So we cut from Max and Benno in the woods back to the farmyard and we see this giant tear in the side of the barrel and water just streaming out of it. And something interesting happens. We go from the barrel... To a shot of Toe Cutter kind of riding himself and Johnny getting up off the ground. And it's a short shot. It's not that long at all. Maybe about a second. But if you keep your eyes trained on Johnny, like on his mouth specifically, it looks like he's saying something. Something that just didn't get picked up by the microphone or something that they just cut out completely. Yeah. Which, less Johnny, I think is better. (laughs) Guy is gross. (laughs) So, May is keeping this gun trained on all these bikers. She's got one shot left. And as they all just saw, she's willing to use it. And so she says, anyone so much as breathes, I'll cheese him. And as she's walking across the yard, she's got her gun trained on Kundalini. And she kind of herds everybody towards one of the shed doors. And she says, open that door Every one of you in there. And that phrase, anyone so much as breathes, I'll cheese him. It made me think about like slang terms for cheese, you know, mm-hmm. you know, making that cheddar, talking about money, you know, being cheesed off, being really pissed and whatnot. But here she's very obviously saying, okay, I'm going to cheese him. She's going to fill him with so many holes. He's going to be Swiss cheese. And that made me type something into Google that I never thought I'd type in. And it was, like, history of Swiss cheese in Australia. And (laughs) it wasn't until after I hit search that I realized how dumb that is. Like, it's cheese. Who cares where it came from or anything like that? But, wouldn't you know, (laughs) I found two websites. And they're both cheesemakers. One's Fromart. One's uh, President Academy. And they have little blurbies all about cheese. So the one from Fromart specifically is, it's got some sass to it. Like, I'm going to read it and then, you know, you let me know what you think. So 
the FromArt website says, While the Americans have done a marvelous job to downgrade the term Swiss cheese and make a lot of people believe that Swiss cheese is a cheese with holes and not much flavor, the term Swiss cheese in Switzerland means a variety of many thousand Swiss-style cheeses being produced over 1,500 different cheese factories. Swiss cheese in the Australian supermarket refers to a cheese with holes, but this has nothing to do with the cheeses we make in Switzerland. With a bit of cheese making know-how, one can put holes into any type of cheese. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, well, my mistake, Fromart. I, I feel like your sarcasm is a bit much coming from a country and a person who likes American cheese, which isn't cheese. I have no defense for that. <laughs> okay. But I love the sass in that. Be like, well, you know, the Americans do this and the Australians think that, but, you know true swiss cheese and they're all high and mighty about it and i'm like okay well sorry for being so presumptuous i guess <laughs> oh but if you thought that was long-winded the president Academy website has like three paragraphs all about cheese and they talk about how it bears a mild resemblance to emmental cheese which is a medium hard yellow cheese that originated in switzerland but you know, Swiss, on the other hand, has a more distinctive look and that the little holes in Swiss cheese are actually called eyes and they vary in size based on how they were prepared and whatnot. And it's it's crazy because they just talk so much about it. But was But what stood out to me is where they say there are two variations of American Swiss, uh, baby Swiss, which is made from whole milk, and lacy Swiss, which is made from low-fat milk. So that whole 1,500 varieties of cheese that was mentioned on the other website, yeah, like even amongst Swiss cheese, there's just myriad different types and varieties, which makes a lot of sense because even cheddar can have tons of different sharpnesses and flavors and whatnot. Yes. I think the main point I'm trying to make here is that cheese is an amazing substance, and I love it, and I would eat it with every meal if I could, because it's it's amazing. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> I actually really, I, I want a grilled cheese sandwich right now. Yes. We have no bread, though. We have, we don't, we're, we're not in the habit of buying bread because we don't eat it fast enough. Nope. Exactly. I'm sure it's out there, but you know how they sell gallons of milk in, well, not gallons, in like quarts and pints and whatnot? Mm. And we, we get the... We get the quarter... Wait, I'm we, no, wait, we get the line. quarts. We yeah. get the quarts of milk, which we still struggle to drink before it goes bad. They need to do that for bread, too. Like yeah. little tiny loaves. Like, I just want to buy four slices of bread. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, the That's way it. they slice bread and then, like, the whole loaf is, like, over a foot long and you get, like, so many slices. And, yeah, that's good if you're making sandwiches all the time. But if you just want to have sandwiches over a weekend, you right. know, like, cut it back. Dial I'm, it back. I'm sure that there are breads out there that are, like, half the size. Yeah. And, I mean, we could always make our own bread. Yeah, sure. But, yeah, like, I've never had an instance where homemade bread comes out quite like store-bought bread. I don't care to put that much effort into my food, which sounds horrible, but I just yeah. don't. Yeah, because if you get a good store-bought bread, like when you buy the cinnamon swirl bread and you make that French toast out of that, oh. or you get the extra thick-cut like Texas toast-style bread and you make the grilled cheese out of there so it's like extra thick yes. bread, extra toasty. Wow, we are getting so <sighs> off-topic. <laughs> Yes, we are talking about bread. Thank you, May, for making us talk about cheese. Yeah. 
Okay. Definitely need to mention in this shot where she is herding everybody into the shed door that Mudguts has started climbing down from the windowsill. And where he was sitting on the windowsill before, he's kind of shifted down, and now he's just kind of standing on the open door below the window where he was sitting. And it is a very precarious situation. He's balancing on a very thin surface. It absolutely is. Like, if my Nana saw that, she'd be like, oh, he's going to break his neck. (laughs) He's going to fall and break his neck. And he's lucky he didn't. That's all I'm going to say. He's lucky he didn't break his neck. Yes, Nana. Yeah. We do, we do, we unfortunately don't get to see him physically climb down no, or jump I think down or anything I, I, like that. that would have been awesome. I suspect that he just jumped from the top of the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be the fastest way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we see him next, he's going to be in a position where like something definitely happened that we didn't get to see. Yeah. And we didn't really get to see it because as everyone is walking across the yard, we kind of zoom in on Diabando and Sprague. So... Diabando stands up and he kind of drops Sprague into like an inner tube or something like that. And I I, I like that because Diabando has been holding this kid the whole time and he puts him down so gently. Yeah. Like I said, drop, but he didn't actually drop. Right. It harkens back to what we mentioned yesterday about Diabando like being gentle with Mm -hmm. Sprague. And he continues that here, puts him in, you know, a confined space. Yeah, it's an old tire or something, some sort of inner tube, but it's better than... Just open to the yard. Keep him from falling over. Yes. And he also leaves something in Sprague's lap. Yeah, I think he's holding like an orange or a fruit or something like that. Yeah, it's so hard to tell. Um, But he he drops it in Sprague's lap. Oh, it's like he was, it's like if he had an apple or something, he was like cutting it up with the hatchet and like letting Sprague eat it. Yeah. It's like nice, right? Yeah, that's very non-typical of a biker. You know, it occurred to me that we don't know much about the personal lives of these bikers. Right. They may have kids. Like kids that they left behind to join the gang type of thing. Yeah. Like they could be taking their cut and sending it somewhere. Right. They Mm. may be out in the world making money to send home to their family. Mm. Just a possibility. Yeah, I I think that humanizes them too much. Right. We don't don't want them humanized. (laughs) Although, the way Diabondo interacts with Sprog humanizes Diabondo. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the lieutenants don't go out quite as gruesome as Toe Cutter does. I think uh, Toe Cutter, Bubba, and Johnny probably get the worst of it. Okay. Think the other. I don't remember that stuff at all. I mean, of course, I remember Johnny, um, but I don't remember how the other the other gang members die. Yeah, we'll definitely be so that talking will about be that yes, for sure. Yes. So May is hurting everyone. She says, "Jesse, get the van." I wanted to point this out because we heard Toe Cutter call it a wagon. Now we've heard May call it a van, and while I see it as a wagon, like a station wagon, you have persisted in calling it a van Mm -hmm. and i feel like may calling it a van validates you which makes me happy because i like you i like when you are validated (laughs) um i also like when i'm validated but we've both been validated so yeah although whatever if you want (laughs) to if you want to quantify the source your source is toe cutter my source is may swayze yeah well 
Sheila Florence is about to spend several years as a prisoner in cell block H, so... I guess. I don't think she's all that reliable either. That's a whole different life, though. And she's the one that closed her eyes and shot a shotgun. I have to say, that is true. We never see Toe Cutter point a gun in the general direction of people, close his eyes, and fire it. He fires no. into the air. Yes, and then shoves the shotgun in Johnny's mouth. But he was proving a point. Yeah. Well, so and, was May. <laughs> as a he didn't have his finger on the trigger, so he was no. practicing good gun safety. Which is right. Which is it was also so not tenuous. Loaded. <laughs> <laughs> it was also not loaded at the time because yeah. both shots had been fired. I should specify putting the barrel of a gun in someone's mouth is not practicing good gun safety. No. What I meant is that he didn't have his finger on the trigger when he had no intention of firing. That is that good gun is safety. That is good gun safety. Trigger control. That's what it's all about. So after we see. Jesse swoop in and grab Sprague after May tells her to get the van. We cut back to the forest where we see Max and Benno and they are running full sprint at this point through the trees. Yes. Trying to get back. And I know I mentioned it earlier, but I'm wondering how far they went. Like, did they go all the way to the beach and then like double back? Because the time they've spent there, you know, it's been a while for sure. I can't imagine that they're really that far into the woods. Um, it hasn't been that long since Max and Jesse separated. That's true, because movie editing time is different than, like, right. things happening so, in sequence. So, May and Jesse walk back to the house. May deposits Jesse on the couch, goes make a phone call. We're pretty there with Jesse the whole time. Yeah. Not, not too much cutting around before she remembers that she has a child. Runs out to the wagon, finds Sprague missing, wanders around the yard for really only a couple of seconds, and then we start this whole scene. It hasn't been that long. I suspect they're not that far into the woods, but that field, that field is a problem. Yeah. Like, we're going to see later on, just, it takes them a while to cross it. Yes. For sure. But speaking of running across grassy areas, after we cut back to the farmyard, we see Jesse running with Sprague off towards the van and as you listen to this minute you can hear crying and whining from that are supposed to be coming from Sprague but this kid is staring straight into the camera and like he's not even like got his mouth open he's just kind of sitting there being carried by this lady as she runs across the yard yeah I'm actually surprised that he's not upset because it's not a gentle run she's no. holding him to her chest to to make him part of her center of gravity. Yeah. So that he doesn't jostle around so much. But she's booking it. Like, really. Yeah. Running. And he is being jostled around. So I'm surprised that he isn't freaking out. But he's yeah. not. Well, you know, toddlers are bad actors. I guess so. Now... I wonder, how do directors and whoever get babies to cry hmm. when they need them to cry? Because you can't, you can't make a baby cry. That's cruel. Yeah. You can't, like, poke a baby until it cries. Or you, you can't, like, take away its toy so that it cries. Like, you just can't do that to a human being. Yeah, because babies don't play it crying right there there is no acting involved they're just there hopefully doing what the director needs them to do Mm -hmm. so in this case where the crying is adr like they just wait till the baby is crying and record it 
Oh, probably. Because, I mean, babies, they cry all the time. Yeah, they poop and then they... They get hungry and right. Wet so they themselves just so just... was somebody in charge of follow the kid around for a little while and just kid being a kid. If he starts to cry, record it. Oh, I just realized something. If you have a kid that is crying, you could take a voice recorder and record that crying like and then B-roll. sell it to a studio <laughs> as an audio clip. Oh, that's that's probably something that people do. That is taking lemons and making lemonade. Yes. For sure. Baby lemonade. No. (laughs) I don't think you thought I was going to go that direction. You crossed a line there. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what line that was, but... Oh, gosh. That's weird. So weird. It's like Lemon Hope. (sighs) Little baby Lemon Hope. Little baby Lemon Hope. Oh, Adventure Time. Okay. Anyway. Again, where were we? (laughs) So, Jesse runs across the yard, and then we get another shot of... Mudguts Kundalini, Diabondo, and Starbuck kind of backing into the shed as Mm -hmm. May advances on them with her shotgun. And Mudguts, little punk. Always the weird one. He like spits something towards May. And then he's got this dumb grin on his face. I, okay, it looks, I think that he's quite enjoying himself. Yeah? You think he's just dreadfully amused at all of this? No, I think he's dreadfully turned on by all of this. Okay, I didn't get that sense. I think that he is (laughs) enjoying this in a very creepy way. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like being dominated by a woman. Because in essence, that's what's happening. They Mm. are being dominated by a woman who is exerting power over them. Very matronly woman. There are plenty of men that this scenario does it for them. That is not a hard thing to imagine. Yeah, I, I believe you. Yeah. I'm not going to argue. (laughs) So I think he's having a good time. All right. If that works for him, that works for him. Yep. Okay. We're almost to the end of the minute. And before we get to the end, I want to bring something up that has always bothered me about this scene. Okay. Even before we started analyzing it, just watching the movie, this scene bothered me. Because these eight men who are mean and dangerous and tough and are killers and rapists just are completely cowed by this woman with a shotgun with one shot left. They don't even fight her. Yeah. They offer, once she she shoots the shotgun once... They offer no resistance. She's like, get in that door. And they're like, okay. And they offer no resistance. And I don't understand it. One possibility that you mentioned off microphone is that they don't usually face people that fight back. Very true. They have numbers and appearance on their side. And so they've actually come up against someone who is willing to pull that trigger. And suddenly there's this whole, well, I don't want to be filled with buckshot. That sounds awful. And so I think they're just kind of playing along with what she wants them to do for the time being. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. I like the term playing along. Yeah. Because they can definitely overpower her. Yeah. They just can't guarantee that one of them won't be shot. Because they're already a man down with Kundalini out of action. Yes, I suppose if Kundalini wanted to sacrifice himself and get May to shoot him, then she would have no ammo left. Yeah. He was going to die anyways. Yeah, I don't think they're willing to (laughs) do that, though. No, I don't think so. It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. (laughs) 
But I like the idea that they're playing along, um, that they have a plan. I mean, they get what they want in the end. Yeah, we definitely see them. I mean, I wouldn't say they win in the end, but they get what they want. We see them springing into action tomorrow, for sure. But in the meantime, Jesse hops into the van, she gets it started up, and May, we see like just the tiniest little snippet this minute of her locking the door. We're actually going to start tomorrow with her sliding the bolt closed and locking the door. Yes. Yeah. So we're definitely going to get into that, pick up where we left off. And... But in the meantime, our website is madmaxminute.com. You can follow us on Twitter at MadMaxMinute, like us on Facebook, and join our listeners page, MadMaxMinute Beyond Microphone. Thank you for joining us for Mad Max Minute number 72. We'll see you tomorrow. Motorbikes and men, take me to the end of the dream. 